So we're taking that from the tippy. We are. Oh right. my people. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> All right. Fly Nerd Group was recorded live at Mess in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You are in tune with the Fly Nerd, Nerd Group. What up? I am Coach E Soul Star along with Kaz G in the place to be. Plus Mr. Scott Free. And here we are. Our first sequel. Part two. Two, two, two. To that thing we did before, which was all about battles. Prepare. Who won for a battle? battle? Who won the battle? Huh? So, so we had some goings on since we were last here. Some some hip hop goings on, battle we, related and other. And other. True. Uh, so I want to get to the one that's that's most important in my eyes, which was the Nacrobats reunion show. Nacrobats. So uh, what up, Nacro? So Kaz, <laughs> you were there on stage live. You are a a huge part of this thing. How you True. feeling afterwards? I'm feeling uh really good. I'm feeling really positive. Um, I'm feeling uh energized i feel revitalized and shit like good i feel very good it was a good show it was a good turnout um like capacity crowd sold out all the merch i want to give a shout out to everybody that came through and supported and just showed some love and just stay there who was vibing with the music knew the song knew the songs and shit singing along and shit she was dope man it was a good night and um independently we built that shit you know what i mean we built the setup we did all the art you know we all have artists everywhere so it was like a no-brainer to use their stuff and just make something out of it and it was all independent and it was successful so uh it's cool it was dope man catch us next year macro day all right ah, and the crowd was loving it like crowd was going berserk they knew the tracks so that's what i need to know because usually you know i this was split for me because i mean i'm a photographer too so usually at these events i would be the guy in the crowd catching all the moments but i couldn't i can't be in two places at two times so you know i'm on stage i need to get the crowd perspective because once you're on stage you don't really see the details you just, you know, it's more of an energy thing. You feel me, so yeah. coach? So yeah, the, the crowd was, was, like Scott said, they were they knew the lyrics. They were they were right with you guys. They were right there on the hooks. The energy was just good. Everyone was smiling. It was it was a good time. And it wasn't just a nostalgia fest is the thing. Like, yeah. these were fans of the music, friends, strangers, whatever. But the performances were lighting up that crowd. If it was just a nostalgia fest, we've all been to that show where yeah. just artist whatever is doing the 20, 20th this. anniversary of that album and whatever. I just want to hear that song. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to hear it just like it's done on the album. Here, the performances were incredibly strong, ton of energy on the stage. That energy fed the crowd, and you got that amazing feedback loop that doesn't always happen in a live setting. It was clearly fueling you guys on stage. That's mm. fueling the crowd. Mm. It was a pretty amazing show. Dope. Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. As someone who was in the crowd and then off to the side and then briefly on stage for like just a heartbeat and then in the green room hanging out with people, the energy 
was just was so dope. Like there was not there was not a negative vibe going. Everything was just real dope. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what it's supposed to be. You know, and it was a great night, man. It was a great night. So my hat's off to the the entire Nacro crew for the album, the show. I, I look forward to it, to everything that's gonna come out the pipe from this. Yeah, we got some new shit coming up. But um, yeah, we got a uh, me and Taiwan got a show on the twenty first coming soon. Good to know at Bourbon on Division. So, Good to uh, know. This time we're doing new shit. So ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some bangers, baby. So um yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, it's just about just full circle. Like I said, I feel revitalized like as an MC, you know what I mean? And just seeing the energy, feeling that energy and being appreciated, you know what I mean? It's all appreciated and that's just fuel to the fire for what's coming up next. You know, brother didn't stop. You know what I mean? So it's gotcha. all good. So um yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for the support, fellas. No problem. Oh, yeah. My yeah, pleasure, man. man. That was it's, great show. This ain't, this ain't the end. We're going to keep it moving. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So speaking of which, you're keeping it moving. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, sir? I mean, the battle happened. Well, All right. It did so to didn't. recap, those of you who uh, haven't yet Listen to uh, season two, episode two, prepare for battle part one. It's a lot, a lot of numbers in that title. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, we gotta just like title them. Coachy Soul Star uh, was doing battle, uh, hip hop style on stage. Um, what was the name of the event? Uh, it was the uh, Dignity Battle for it. Right on. Dignity battle for it. Uh, you were given time, weeks of time to prepare for I the was, battle. I was. To dug up intel on your opponent. Yep. Um, there were predictions made beforehand, but uh, I don't know. Give us the recap. How, how did it go? I, my opponent was a no-show. Oh, as predicted. <laughs> so what happens in the event of um, a no-show? So they pretty much had me square off against another guy whose opponent didn't show up, and none of it really connected the way. Oh, that's why. You know Aww. the way the way it should have. I mean, I, what I, I tried to edit around everything that was like super personally directed right. at the previous opponent. So you just kind of you know I didn't even go two minutes. I just kind of gave I just kind of gave him a a little razzle dazzle. And then stopped. Now, did you get personal about this new opponent? Did you do yeah, the you know, size I mean, him up and yeah. pick him apart thing? You know, I looked at him. I, I hit some choice spots. You know, his his shoes were lacking in um, in style and cleanliness <laughs> and um, other you know general. So you still attacked him? Yeah, I still attacked him, but you know the my heart wasn't there because I was I was I'm in the ring. You know, if, if imagine this boxing, I'm in the ring like. But you I'm still ready. got a box, nevertheless. Yeah, so I boxed and and I I flamed him, and you know I I was told that well first they were like well your skill level was here and his was here it, Hit, so uh, they gave me a Coach bunch of skill level being significantly higher yes yeah, being indicated by sorry. his hands which don't <laughs> translate well right, to yeah, podcast yeah. <laughs> facts speaking with my hands yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so 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 check it so how long did he go. He did his whole time. Four minutes? Yeah. He and did he come time. at you? Did he, yeah. What, what no the, alterations. So he was fighting oh, so was some just, other opponent. Yeah. Shadow well, what the boxing. hell is that? The shadow box. Yeah. There, no, no other. Now at that point, you're just performing. Yeah, pretty much. 
I, and this goes to, as discussed last episode, the fundamental problem with this format of the battle, where it is not off the top of the head, improv, deeply personal, but on a I just met you and I don't like you uh, level. Right. That, that sort of monkey wrench can just, it can destroy the machine. Like, there is if there that, is no battle if you're fighting people who aren't there. Yeah, and that's the cloth I'm cut from. So, you know, when we battle, it's like what you, what right now. It's yeah, right right, right now, here, right now. Present time. You know, I don't have time to think <laughs> right. and do research. Let me call around. And, you know, yeah, I you got, don't, you don't I get don't to have, phone a friend. No, no, no <laughs> lifelines and nothing like right. that. It's so, just like straight attack. So, yeah, so overall, I'm glad I participated. It was, it was the overall experience for what it was was dope. Um, it's not something, it's not the type of battle I would s- subscribe to, uh, myself, putting myself in on a regular basis. Um, there are other things about it that, that I, I do like in terms of how there are leagues and I, I see the potential in like maybe trying to start a league and alter these things. Cause you know, if you, you have to affect that. You have to be the change. True. So sure. if, if I, if, if I, if I really, really, really start thinking like, Oh, you know what? Maybe it's time to curve the battle format. I like that there is a structure that these leagues have that that you can emulate and then boom start your own league but then do your own thing. Okay. But, you know, there are definitely uh some positives um coming away from that and also just, you know, positives in terms of this is still hip hop, it's still part of the culture yeah. while while we may not while we may not 100% enjoy it is there and this is a good outlet for those who do subscribe to it and those who do want to be a part of it um so if you are listening and you are a battle rapper that wants to dip your toe in the dignity league is the league for you it's a good start okay who won it like did you stay for Uh, the whole see what they do is they since it's a uh, starter league they give you uh they pick a performer of the night now here's where it gets controversial i feel i was robbed of performer of the night uh, <laughs> oh snap! Well, the uh, other guy, the other guy didn't get it. So, so the guy you was battling ended he, up winning your round. No, he didn't. They, they just see they didn't score the rounds. It's just like you know they didn't score it because he, we weren't even supposed right, so, to face okay, off. Okay, so so some other guy who you could barely hear, you couldn't understand him. One performer of the night. Based on what criteria? Uh, but, uh, I see. That's what I didn't. I, I don't know what they were looking for because I'm like, well, I was I was witty. I had props. People were into me. I had nothing but ooze. I didn't drop a whack punch like, you know, the entire time. I felt I gave them the total package personally. Me. That's what I think. That is fair. You know, but I'm also an MC, and we are known to be arrogant a-holes. Not, not generally known to be the most objective about their own performances. No, but you know, I you know I had the the bullet bracer. Oh right. You know, I had the I had the skull ring. I you know I was and every I had the Adidas on, which I referenced in the. So everything was like. For me, it was real professional. Uh-huh. You know, it was it was a professional. Even though it wasn't my opponent, I still was like, okay, I still got to take you out of here. Yeah. yeah. So I still feel like I had it all. And then the guy who won, you could barely hear. So mm. that's how that went. That uh, sounds like politics, and that's that where I feel like. Downright you know, undignified. I've, you know been, what I mean? I've been told in Kill Bill fashion, if I feel a way about it, I can challenge him. 
the guy who got the performer of the night. Yeah, Ooh. of course. That's why. That's so, why I said who you. What the fuck you feel like? <laughs> that, Talking to a nigger right here. <laughs> that, that, that's it. That's if I. So I. I can do that. That's been put out there in front of me. I can go after the person that won performer of the night. Okay. But see, to me, I. I think it's a trap. Like I feel like they're trying, just trying to get me in the league. Uh, I feel they're trying. It's I wrestling. feel that. Yeah, yeah. WWE. It's right, right, right. Come on in, G. <laughs> right. Challenge the Ultimate Warrior. I, I, I think I'm being. I think I'm being Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. Come on in. <laughs> we got a spot for you. Right. Come on in. Because before I know it, I take out that guy, and then someone wants a shot at me, and then I got to defend what I got. Defend the title. You got to stay now. Right. For the pay per view. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then I'm out here giving rappers the people's elbow. That's right. <laughs> Five star press. <laughs> right. <laughs> are, are you a, are you the trainer from Rocky? Or are, are you what are you? I'm confused. You're a bum, Rock. Right, because that's what I thought was coming. <laughs> so uh, moving on, didn't you uh, have a homie LinkedIn with the homie um, Spencer? Yes, yes. I uh, other hip hop goings on. I had an afternoon with local Chicago underground legend Vic Spencer. I don't know fuck was that shit. It was it was really really fun. <laughs> That's man. my dude. Can Shout we back up? Can we back up? And how did this come to be? Um. So, uh, Vic put randomly on his Facebook page, "Who's willing to let me come write rhymes on their couch?" Hmm. I'm thinking he's just joking. So I reply like, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. Here's the you know here's the area I live in. If you you know, let me know if you want to come come through and hang out. Next thing I know, I got an inbox. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, so the address gets put out there, the time gets set. Um, you know, we get to talking. He was like, you know, just have a space for him and some green, and and I said, perfect. I like you are in the right place. <laughs> I, I I can help you with that. Uh, he comes over. Uh, he he made one celebrity request. It was the most hilarious thing. What was oh, that? the the outrageous ask on the writer. Yeah, what was that? Only diamond swishers. They, they they cost they they cost no more no less than the regular ones but that <laughs> that's his that's his preferred brand of of <laughs> that's his preferred vehicle for marijuana yeah yeah is, I've been is in studio diamond, sessions with that guy It's a diamond swisher <laughs> yeah. so you know he comes through um he he meets my dog everything is cool there like they know I, I would no just issues. like to point out uh Cochise's dog is a dog called Quest yes. Yes, my dog's name is a dog, dog called, called Quest. Quest. And you say the whole thing like a tribe called Quest. Yeah, you got to say gotta. the whole thing. <laughs> one of the one of the greatest dog names I've ever seen. <laughs> Definitely. And so, uh, you know, he comes over. Uh, we're vibing. You know, we're rolling rolling up the blunts, and he throws on uh, he throws some beats on the speakers. He gets to he you know we get to talking about the beats he's playing, and he says you know he's going back and forth between a couple of them. He says, "Which one would you pick?" And I was like, "Well." this one mm. and he says so he's listening to it he's like okay you know before you know it as as mcs do and we have a beat we like or we're melting into it goes on repeat so you know pretty much for like the next 45 minutes to an hour he's just sitting there writing you know we like blunt number two we're talking we smoking and then he just like goes into the zone and he's on his he's on his notepad on his phone and you know he's, you can just hear him mumbling words then wait wait you know, you just hear, you just, you know, you just see, you can see the wheels turning. So you see the process. Working. Yeah, I see the whole, I'm, I'm looking at his whole process. You know, I'm hearing him 
you know, even in, even what he's saying under his breath, you know, like going back and fixing words, adjusting flow, you know, monitoring his own cadence. You know, I'm, I'm really I'm watching him work, mm-hmm. literally watching him work. And so then, you know, he gets a, he gets to a point, he has, you know, space bar on it, starts reading it on his phone. He's like, I think I got it. <laughs> I think I got it. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's it. He was like, yeah, I think I got it. You know, by this time, my brother is coming to the living room. He's playing Call of Duty. Like, every, the household is mo- functioning Normally. as normal. Not yeah. Like, no. Like, when he was first playing the beats, I was actually putting dishes away. <laughs> you know? Not I, not exactly starstruck then. Uh, no, nah, you know, I mean, I was, we, we talked, you know, we, we, you know, I asked him a couple questions, you know, he, we talked a little bit about the Sean Price song, you know, I told him about, you know, which album I, f- which, how I felt about some of his albums, yeah. um, you know, so, hey, so can we, we were, do a quick side note for yeah. those who may be less well-versed for those who more, for those who are into the fly nerd group more for the nerd than for the fly, uh, Vic Spencer, give us just a little background, what we might know by him, where we might know him from. Oh man, well you would know him if you are if you claim to even be a, a toe dip in the Chicago hip hop scene, you would you have to know you have to know him. He has fair, but the Fly has, Nerd group yes. does have a global audience. We do. We're very big in France, which is to say, we have like two listeners in France. <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> I'll take them. But um, with that, um, he has he has dropped. What was the first one? Uh, the Cost of Victory. Yep. Yep. Uh, was twenty. 20- 15 i believe maybe maybe 2014 good job uh cost of victory comes out um and what first struck me about it was that while i had heard a couple uh things from him you know and seen some youtube things i had never really immersed myself in what in his in his catalog wherever it wherever it existed at that time so that album came out and what struck me was like oh well it has sean price on it Mm -hmm. and i'm a sean price fan so 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 that was the first song that I just went towards. I'm like, bam. I was like, because no matter what, I'm guaranteed to like at least one person on yeah, this song. Yeah, at least one verse. One person on this song. <laughs> and, and Sean Price is the opener. So I'm like, oh. So I was like, oh. So he's swinging after Sean. Swinging after him. Well. <laughs> he completely nails it. Yeah. Nice. Completely nails it like he had. And he's there. It's like, you know, I'm just as big. Like, pretty much like, yep, Sean, I got Sean Price on my song, but guess what? I'm on my song. I'm on my song. And after that, I went back and just checked out the whole album, kept my kept my uh, ear in tune for all his releases. And everything had been pretty dope and pretty steady. And then he dropped uh, Ba Wounds. Yeah. And when yeah. I tell you, this man made a Jordan-esque skill leap from the previous release net like he is so comfortable you can just tell he just found his he he had found it that that thing that we look for as mcs that that you know that thing like i felt i had mine on versus the future like i just found that thing by wounds he found that thing this is groove and his comfortability yeah his, um with himself lyrically and just his skill level and everything. And found, Once it, you, found his voice as a yeah, performer. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. When you um emceeing and you put out so many projects, you're so consistent, it's going to be a point where you're going to, you know, everything yeah. is going to connect. Click. Yeah. And pretty much that's what's happening now. So, um yeah, I've seen the growth of Vic Spencer because, you know, on the photography side, yeah. I've always been background yeah. taking shots at 
shots at him at shows, right? And going to studio sessions and just hearing them. You know, I'm a fly on the wall. You know what I mean? And right. he'll go through four songs or something just session wise, popping them out. I'm like, dude, work engine. You know what I mean? So the work ethic is there. He always got bars. He always deliver. And yeah, that's one of the homies, man. For, since uh, since I met him, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and All right. I, so thank you for indulging me on the background. Yes. So now with that said, Vic Spencer's hanging out in your living room. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. You've chosen the beats. He has found the groove. He is flowing. And please resume. And so you know, once he once he gets uh, once he gets that comfort level with what he's written or typed at that moment, puts the beat back at the beginning, catches where he wants to come in at, spits the whole thing for me. I'm just, I'm just like, whoa. It, it's, it was studio, it was pretty much studio ready. Nice. Now, were these, like, lines, couplets, whatever, that he already had prepared and he was putting them together on the fly, or this is all just top of the head? It was, it was what he had sit th- sat there and typed in his, in his notes as I was doing the dishes, walking around the household, like you know, Got pretty much. It. If you typing, you off the head with it. Like, yeah, more so than it's pretty. It's, yeah. it's nothing pre, unless you just have them in your head and you just type them out. But it's a difference because I was going to ask you the difference because I know you wrote rhymes before. Yes, on paper. Yes, versus typing them. What do you do? You feel because I done both, and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I I still prefer writing. Yeah, I love writing. Yeah, me too. Just the penmanship and everything, or just, you know, just the whole habit of your hand yeah. scribbling. And the fact that you could kind of, I don't know, it's more personal to me. Yeah. You know, you no, type I, I completely stuff agree. unless you just change your fonts all the time. You know what I mean? Right. It's just font. You know, you're typing, so it leaves a less personal side to me. So I was going to add, but it's effective for the time that we're For the in. time, yeah. And I, I would say also, I see this as a writer. I don't write rhymes like I used to, but I used to. But also <laughs> as a writer of uh, fiction and essays, as well as a graphic designer, if you're typing, you're, it works if you're a linear thinker. If one thing leads to the next thing and it happens in sequence... That works just fine. Okay. If you are a nonlinear thinker and one thought sends you off in one direction yeah, and that yeah, thought sends you off into another yeah, direction, you need the yeah. ability to loop back or branch off and create a whole you know, forking structure, the actual writing on paper is, to my mind, a lot more like most people's minds think. Yeah. You just have to embrace that and really flow with it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, he <laughs> just nerding out. Yeah. yeah. yeah this, <laughs> it's right there in the it's, title. People. It is, it's, it's right there in the title. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, so I'm, I, I see the creative process and then he stops and he spits the whole thing. And like I said, it sounded like it was ready for the studio. Um, pretty much, you know, had, had he had the ability to step into a booth right there, we probably would have been looking at finished product. That's how he worked. Um, Damn. and Dope. And I got immortalized in the song, not as Kochi Soul Star, but as as my as you know the, my government name. <laughs> um, and so I mentioned in the song, uh, he's referred to what he was smoking as Mister Aiken's Blunts. Yo, man, yo, man, what's your role with that, man? I like that, man. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it was you know he he wrapped up and. Um, you know, we we shook hands. And he made his way out, and it was just it was just overall a really really dope night. It was I felt inspired. You know, I I went and wrote right. and listened to beats myself. You know, after he was gone, right. 
Um, you know, I, he told me like, you know, he appreciated it. I kept it, you know, pretty much just as he wanted, you know, like he was visiting someone's house and a beat comes on and he want, cause he wanted to write in the energy that was around him. That's why he was doing this little social experiment. That's a crazy social experiment. Yeah. That's a crazy interactive social experiment, but like, I think it's dope. And I put out the invite. He says he will certainly do it. He says, of course. He's like, for guys? He's like, yeah, man, for guys? <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, guys, man, gateway to the stars. <laughs> hey, man. Pretty big guy. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, that that would, it was a great experience. I would definitely do it. I would definitely do it again. That's you dope. Know. I think it's dope that you can put yourself in any one environment and just focus in your zone and create what you suppose. Like you do your job. Yeah. You know. You know. Sometimes you could put a producer or a beat maker in a room and they'll, you know, just make beats. So some people will crash. Yeah. You know what I mean, they can't. They can't do. You know, I can't shit in front of people. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's that whole. <laughs> it's that whole shit. <laughs> you know, it's like that whole movement. So it's like. You know, it's kind of dope that you could throw yourself in any environment and do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? And come out with dope product. It's yes. nothing like, you know, I just threw this together. It's like, nah, this is a song that could hit the streets tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Shout out to Vic Spencer, man. Oh, yeah. See Shout the- out to you for letting that happen, that yeah. weird little social experiment. Anyway. But now to, to bring it full circle. Yeah. Back to, back to things versus things. Yeah. Yeah. People versus people, humans yeah. versus human, concept yeah. versus concept. Meta-humans versus meta-humans, mm. and mutants versus mutants. Let's talk about our favorite comic book battles. We in the nerd section. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> battle, nerds. We all have those fights that we have longed to see, those that we, that, we lo- that we loved as children, the ones that we imagined, the ones that actually happened, the ones that paid off, the ones that definitely did not. So... Let's just go. Let's do it. Let's go round table. We'll start with Kaz. Hold on. Your top five comic book based battles. All right. I have comic book battles, but I don't have like the titles of the books and stuff. That's so right. I just got like we'll characters. Free, we'll freeform yeah. it. Yeah. I know you got something for whatever yeah, I bring we, up. We got it. So I have Spider Man versus Venom. Amazing Spider Man 300. See? Damn. See that? Damn. See that? See how that works? Oh, Sometimes you just got to just just throw it out and watch them catch it. So, yeah, <laughs> go go ahead. Explain. Let's talk about Spider-Man versus Venom because I think this is a good rivalry where Venom is not quite full villain sometimes. He's anti-hero. Yeah, he, he has a has a weird uh, weird moral code. Yeah. And the only reason he really wants to take Spider-Man now is because he believes Spider-Man corrupted his life, wrecked his innocence and made him and 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 forced suffering on him. So, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 300, we get to see the first appearance of, you know, what what came to be the anti-Spider-Man. Right. Essentially. Right. Um Eddie Brock, also a newspaper guy, forms with the uh alien suit Symbiotes. from Yeah, the symbiote from Secret Wars Eight that we all came to know and love as the black suit Spider Man. Yeah! One of the best designs. One just of the, so cool. Yeah. Just, so cool. Yeah, such such a good design. Like who who doesn't like that spider? Yeah, that's slick. Yeah, it, it's real. It, it's real slick. We all had a thing for the web shooting the Spider Man two video game better have the black Spider Man in it. I st- <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it ends up being a a Titanic issue, and as we know, Venom has gone on to become wildly popular. Right. Even and got so, a movie. Even got his own movie. 
He even got his own movie. So what else? Was, what else is on your list? All right. Um, I got moving on. There's a lot of. I put Wolverine. There's two guys, Wolverine and Hulk, man. Wolverine makes a lot of appearances. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what he does. Because he fights everybody. Yeah. So I kind of went like detail with Cyclops, Wolverine versus Cyclops. Okay. And and, and which time? It's so many it's times. All the time. <laughs> so so it, it's that, less of a, you know, uh, fisticuffs battle or rather uh, it's not always a physical battle it's a psychological battle those two always have going yeah, on this right. rivalry this jockeying for leadership of the yeah, x-men yeah. even gene gray yeah, jockeying for them. yeah gene gray but the actual physical fights are why people tune in right this is true so what is cause your uh Wolverine top versus Wolverine? uh saber Ooh. That's uh what so if we're looking at the first one, we're going X Men two ten to eleven. Um yeah. <laughs> it, it it's anywhere it's well <laughs> it takes place twice and, and I'm I'm sorry, two eleven, two twelve, two thirteen. That's where it is. Um and if I'm wrong, I know Lorenzo uh Bonilla. Shout out to my my fact checker. Uh Lorenzo always keeps me in line. Uh so if I'm wrong, he'll he'll correct it. But yeah, that goes. Keep down. him honest, Lorenzo. <laughs> that goes down in the in the '80s in the Morlock tunnels where, okay. where, oh, right. where man, oh man, those homeless mutants, man, <laughs> those oh man, homeless mutants, <laughs> they, oh, those they, guys, they had some <laughs> bad times. Oh man, they got they got wiped the hell out. While yes, the Wolverine saber two fight was indeed cool. <laughs> <laughs> Behind all behind that cool fight <laughs> was a whole bunch of homeless of people tra- getting, <laughs> getting murdered. <laughs> Tragedy. Oh, um, piggy- so much. Piggybacking on that with the Wolverine classic fights, and this sort of dovetails into some of the stuff that I'm going to get into. Um, for many years, I really subscribed to pretty much anything Frank Miller was doing. And as time has gone on, I've come to really not admire him so much as a person uh and a lot of his books got a little cartoonishly bad however in his prime in the 80s frank miller was doing some astounding writing and some amazing art and if you're talking the first wolverine miniseries they're just some of the most amazing fight sequences in all of comicdom you got anything you can throw in on wolverine miniseries oh yeah i mean that was that was him in the hand that was it like was. the first time, like we really see him and the ninjas and the samurais and all the all like all the Wolverine Japanese stuff happened in those issues. Yeah, but everyone loves that cover with the with the hood pulled back, claws up. Well, no, the claws are not up, but he's saying like he's like you know the fan oh, coming hitter. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. That's that's the one where he just um he just goes berserk. On like like he just chops up so many dead ninjas, right? And ends up with a climactic battle between him and uh, Mariko's father. Yep. Yeah. With, with the uh, with the sword, and it just is. I believe the final move was him gutting him. Correct. Yeah. It was. It was like the right through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It talk about like a great samurai story, and I I would believe that you can take that story and tra- just insert samurai. Yeah. In, in, oh, yeah, in place of Wolverine, and it just goes. Frank Miller was a huge fan of Lone Wolf and Cub. He was, a, yeah, and this was just sort of his saying, "Hey, man, I want to make a samurai story," and he did. It just happened to be starring Wolverine. Yeah, it did, it and did. it changed comics forever. It changed the X Verse 
significantly. It did. Huge impact on the X Men universe. So yeah. what else? What else is on your on, on your list there, Scott? We we got a, we got a few from Kaz. Oh, Let's we'll get, get a more from Kaz. I just wanted to jump oh, in okay. on the yeah, Wolverine. We'll get thing. some more from Kaz then. All right, I what got. Else, what, um, what else you got here? Buddy? So I shifted from Wolverine because he fight everybody. So, <laughs> but there's also a character that fights everybody too, and his name is the Hulk. So I got. And there's an easy transition between the two. Hulk versus Wolverine. Here we are. Yeah, so many times over the years. Um, I think outside of the initial appearance in in Hulk 180, for those of us who like to be technical, strong, you know, but we all know Hulk 181 is the one everyone considers. But Hulk 180, he's in. Is that the the first appearance of Wolverine? Yeah, he's in the last panel. Like a first appearance is a first appearance. It doesn't. It doesn't say. You know, hey, first full comic book he's in. Nah, first appearance. First appearance. He yeah, jumped he in the just, very last right, box. This where he, he appears. appears. Yeah, he appears. <laughs> Count it. But you know, for whatever reason, Hulk one eighty one always more the more the higher value book. Is it? Yeah. Eh, it's about I, I think it's my I think my favorite uh, fight is comes from the Joe Fixit days when him and Wolverine fought in I Vegas in the desert. Okay. Um, okay. That's the that's the infamous cover where you, Wolverine's blades are popped up and the Hulk is in the reflection. Yeah, Ooh. I saw that. Yeah, Other blade yeah, uh, drawn yeah, by yeah, Todd like McFarlane. I, I'm blanking on the issue number right now. It's an incredible Hulk issue, but it's that's just an amazing fight that actually set the stage for a lot of things because um, there was a what if based on that fight. What if the Hulk had killed Wolverine? Because apparently he stomped on his neck enough times. Hmm. To catch the nerves between the adamantium vertebrae, okay. and 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 snapped it and and snapped it with the metal blocking the nerves, so no healing. Because, hmm. well, for you know, it works for the writer. <laughs> it works for the writer, but that didn't happen. He just kind of stomped them and then jumped away. Um, as <laughs> as the Hulk will as the do. Hulk as the Hulk does, he, he stomped them and jumped into the moonlight. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that was my that was probably my favorite Hulk Wolverine fight. I like that one. Um, there's plenty of other um, Hulk versus Wolverines. They actually made an animated um, feature about the Hulk and Wolverine, which they, they went into the whole Weapon X back um, backstory as well. Um, yeah, you go on for days with the Hulk versus Wolverine, so that's why I brought them up. So yeah, so uh, moving on, you know the Hulk. Hulk fights everybody's man. So the next rivalry I got is Hulk versus Thing. So yeah, I think the first who's one, the strongest? Uh, Hulk. Ooh. That's Hulk. The, yeah, the Hulk is always the strongest. Okay, the Hulk is always cosmic the level strong, yeah. as the Mar- handbook of the Marvel Universe used to say. Um, I think the I think what I always subscribe to when it comes to these two is the Hulk is always going to be the strongest one. Okay, but I think there is no one in the Marvel Universe. As, as has a tougher, never die attitude than Ben Grimm. Yeah, he will yeah. stand there yeah. and take that beating. Yeah, if it helps, some, <laughs> if it helps somebody get 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 away, right, live on. Yeah. He will stand yeah. there. I mean, the he Hulk, will stand in there. The Hulk is driven by rage. Mm-hmm. Ben Grimm is driven by heart. Yeah, and that's an important difference, just on a character level, because Ben Grimm's relatable. The Hulk. And we we all feel anger. We don't feel like let's smash the world in half anger very often. 
Except Kaz. Kaz always. Uh, I felt like that the other day. <laughs> Kaz is like, I woke up like I that. I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> eggs. Right. <laughs> he w- woke up with a, with a Mr. Burns state of mind. <laughs> Which doomsday device can I set off today? Mm, excellent. <laughs> but yeah, uh, ben, ben Grimm definitely has the, the largest heart in the Marvel Universe. Um, during Civil War, instead of fighting, Mm-hmm. Now, some some will say he took the coward's way out, but he said, you know what? I can't sit here. You can't ask me to pick a side against my friends. You Like, I love people on this side. Mm. I love people on that side. Mm. I, I just have to bow out. So since you brought up Civil War, Civil War, do that count? Oh, uh, yeah, that would count as a, right, that would so. count as maybe one of the biggest fights ever because it had lasting, con- a lot of these fights don't have consequences that last. True. Civil War, Civil War had consequences that last, and and has an epic battle between Captain, Captain America and Iron, and Iron Man, which needs to happen. Yeah, they mm-hmm. are fundamentally different sorts of hero. the very good hero. Yeah. Uh, I mean, neither's an anti-hero. They're both well. Yeah, well, Iron, I mean, Man, Iron Man. Tony Stark is a flawed hero. He's a futurist, so he's always thinking. He's always thinking the next thing instead of maybe what's right in front of them. Right. Because they get into the same ideological battle at the end of Hickman's run of Avengers where Tony Stark has built the Avengers machine and Cap has figured out what the event what the, that machine is actually structured to do and how Tony led him by the nose the, while the entire time being perfectly okay with like exterminating other worlds to preserve our world. Dang. So that was, you know, so they've they've had this clash before, but yes, the civil the one at Civil I mean, War did, went down to the like came really down to it, right? The the Captain America Iron Man rivalry and oftentimes battles they go back to the Silver Age. Oh yeah, uh, Avengers run. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's been happening forever, but the Civil War did it right and in a way that felt final. So it, their ideologies was always conflict. they've always they've always had some conflicting ideologies. Captain um, America is the Boy Scout, and Iron Man is the businessman. Yeah, uh, Captain America does things out of principle, and Iron Man does things out of expediency. This is true. Yeah, this is true. So yeah, so when you get to Civil War, and and Cap had, if you think about the battle itself, Cap had it won. Mm-hmm. He had it won. He did, but then he saw. That in this particular fight, his idea was losing and costing other people their lives. Mm. That he was pre- he was he was going to win. His side would have never had to stop fighting, right? And that, that he realized that that no matter what, he beats Tony today. Tony's not going to jail. Tony has the law on his side. Right. So power. all cap, all cap will it's continue. A power you got to fight. It's a, it's a, all cap will continue to do is fight, fight, fight. And he mm-hmm. looks at the crowd and seeing like, I kind of caused this. Me pushing my ideas is costing all these people, their homes, their jobs, their lives. They are just shield agents who this is their job. They wake up and this is what they're supposed to do. And now I'm saying, Hey, I don't like that, so I'm going to have my people punch you so we can do your job because I think I can do your job better than you. Mm-hmm. To the guy who has no say in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Captain America thinking of the little people. Right. Ah. To the, and so he, you know, so he throws down his shield. But, yeah, so, but that fight had lasting consequences. Cap lost probably the battle that mattered, the idea battle. Okay. Tony won the idea battle. 
Okay. Because when we walk away from that, the initiative is full force. You know, Cap. I mean, uh, Iron Man is the top cop of the world. So yeah, that was that was a good one. Damn. Mm-hmm. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> so what about like the obvious joints? Like, um, well, actually, that's all on my list. Do you want to? Yeah. Um, all right. So back. Uh, to Frank Miller. So, as I said, Wolverine, the Wolverine four-issue miniseries, Frank Miller, some of Frank Miller's greatest work that got us to Bullseye and Electra. And again, I, I felt like I outgrew Frank Miller, and yet if I'm looking at some of the greatest battles of all time, he keeps coming up in this list. Uh, we always do Marvel. We sometimes do DC. <laughs> we rarely get out of those universes, but mm. if we're going to talk slugfests, I got to bring up Sin City because that is just bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, no superpowers. True. true. No and those fights mutants. Were ugly. No nothing. Just Nasty. yeah, bad people pummeling smash the hell mouth out of each other. Smash mouth. Like, yeah. so, straight up. Sin City. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I mean, which so many fights to choose from? Like everything Merv was a part of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything that Marv did was just a straight, just. Hey, this is happening. This is happening to you. This, <laughs> I'm doing this to you. You Be, can't stop me. Because <laughs> you made me. Yeah, That's also, the thing. Marv doesn't seek me. out the fight, but somebody True. messes with his woman or a woman, and then it's on. It is on. And then if you skip to the uh, to the farm, that yellow bastard, that yellow bastard, the, the little the little murderous Ooh, psychopath. I, love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, who was that? Elijah Wood played him in the movie. Yes, yeah, he did. yeah. That that fight uh, was brutal. Oh, that and fight was incredibly. And, and it's a fight that is made believable and given stakes because while Marv is obviously this massive, battle scarred, burly tank of a guy. Earlier in that yellow bastard, the the henchman who would be played by Elijah Wood is shown to be an unlikely ninja, for lack of a better term. Like yeah, he, he very unassuming, very very bookish, wearing keds and glasses, and can take you apart yes. effortlessly in a fight. So they had no special powers, or anything. No, like that. no, no. Just, just Marv's agility. huge and likes to fight, and some of them are evil and do bad things for fun. Some of the uh, ladies of the night uh, wear bondage gear and have ninja weapons, but no, they're just regular people in a particularly dark world. Yeah, Sin City is a great piece of work. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. It is definitely worth the time investment. It is black and white, uh, but with occasional splashes of color that fit the story. Yeah. with So it's it's pretty much how the movie... Oh, the movie is it. pretty much the movie yeah, uses the comic as page. a storyboard. For yeah, it. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So you know the um, proper colors are highlighted. Things, things. I didn't of that like nature. the sequel to him. No, the the Nobody sequel didn't. was done badly. Yeah. But uh, okay, so then again, <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I surprise myself in how much I bring up Frank Miller in this. But then, if we are going to talk epic rivalries, and particularly I like rivalries between heroes and when those rivalries turn into slugfests like Captain America versus Iron Man. If you're going to talk that, as we talked a little bit before, you can't get away from Batman versus Superman, and that gets you to Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Mm. You just can't get away from it, man. I love it. You can. I mean, I think that fight 
became the standard bearer for all Superman Batman confrontations going forward. Because you can't sure. be both, and this is what shows you. Oh my god! You can't be both. Always oh, with this. You can't be both. Yes, you can. No, you cannot. Yes, you can. Yeah. It's impossible. Better man. Super bad. Superman was working for the government. <laughs> he was the agent for the government for good old uh, Reagan boy, and, and Batman was in the hood. He was on the ground. You can't. You can't be both. It's impossible. He was a rebel just for being put on the suit. He was an outlaw just for putting on the suit. So what you going to do? You can okay. This, I, I'm, <laughs> not gonna, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not what gonna. I'm not gonna. What you going to do? I'm, I'm not, not doing this again. I, man. I'm not getting dragged fully into this. And guess what? <laughs> I'm happened. not getting dragged. And fully guess into what happens? <laughs> Bats put them hands on Superman. He did. He did. And he, he did. gave him the flux, the foom faps. He did that's, with the kryptonite gloves. Punches. For the people, translation. He's <laughs> always Fops. got a Fops. contingency plan, Batman. He, he does always have a contingency plan, and you are right, Scott, one hundred percent. That that fight is epic. That story, the causes to that fight are very epic, iconic, iconic. Yes, just yeah, you are you are right. It is yeah. it is iconic. Every move made in that fight, from Green Arrow shooting the from the one arm Green Arrow mm-hmm. shooting the Kryptonite mm-hmm. rod. To the to the kryptonite gloves, to the to the to Bruce faking his death, the whole thing was just done stellar, and that is that is by far the standard bearer for Superman Batman fights going forward. For sure. Now to respond to Kaz G about me <laughs> liking both Batman and Superman, <laughs> and why you can like both, you can like them both. Is yeah, you can. He's shaking his head. He- because that writer <laughs> chose to make Superman that way in that book. So th- that's a Batman book, so I'm rooting for Batman in this thing anyway as his book, and he should he should come out on top. Doesn't mean I don't like other things about Superman, and I can do that. I'm allowed. You're allowed it's to okay. do that. You are I'm within saying, your rights. You can't really like root for both characters. We will get back I, at a later date yep. to it. We're not going to dedicate I, more time to, the to end that. Of this show. What I would like to hear then, because these are the classic, huge, iconic rivalries and fights. Let's do just a couple minutes of the honorable mentions, the also rans, the weird ones that you like that not, maybe not everybody knows about. Oh man. Okay. So when it comes to the weird, yeah, to the to the absolute weird. And in comics, there it gets absolutely no weirder than any time Batmite shows up. <laughs> Batmite is not is is not necessarily a villain. No, he's a fanboy. But he is a problem. <laughs> but he is a problem. And and while I know that he is mainly a a, a creation of the Silver Age of comics, mm-hmm. even when Grant Morrison mixed him into his very psychedelic Batman run, Batmite was a problem. Oh yeah, I mean he's magic, man. He he he's he's magic. <laughs> you can't and, mess with that. And just picture just Akash, <laughs> just picture this picture that there is a fifth dimensional version of you that believes that. It can really help your life. <laughs> Huge fan wants to help, 
doesn't understand how this world works or why his magic intervention is a problem. You know, you, you say something like, I'm late for work. He brings work to your living room, literally, like your whole <laughs> office, like in your living room. Fucks <laughs> were bad, like, fucks were bad. Fuck yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, like it, it's just one of those things, it's like, because he, he loves you so much, like, you don't want to be mad at him, Aww. and also because he's powerful. <laughs> oh, and also, he dresses up in uh, an oversized Cosgy costume. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he's a cartoon, tiny cartoon version so of I you. So why haven't this been a movie yet? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Like, like a man, it, it would be like- I don't think America's ready for it. It would be like, really? a, it'd be yeah. like a two-foot Cosgy, but the Scully hat would cover the eyes. That's yeah. dope. <laughs> Oh yeah, actually, they could I, I would actually it watch a, that they movie. They could do it in Shazam. I would watch the fuck out of that movie. I will watch it. But yeah, so so I, I, I have to give. I, so I have to I have to give it up to that. I and got my underrated one. Anything John Byrne and Chris Claremont, mm. the you know classic X Men run. Mm-hmm. So of course I was a huge fan of Alpha Flight. Ah yes. Mm. All right, so Alpha Flight number six is called Snowblind, wherein Snowbird, who is a Canadian demigoddess uh, who can change into any animal in Canada. It's a weird power I'll give you, but it works. She can be a polar bear. She can be a wolf. Any animal in Canada? Native native to Canada. Any animal native to Canada. She is fighting one of the gods of the First Nation peoples of Canada, or even predating them. Kodiak, I believe. Ah, In a blizzard, and the entire issue is white panels with no drawings. The entire battle, epic battle between demigoddess and god is done in white with only word balloons and thought balloons and narration balloons. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's gripping. And you don't see anything. anything. That is some amazing writing. And I got to say, probably for John Byrne, uh, penciler and artist, Pretty easy month at work. Indeed. Um, lesser known uh, rivalry that that totally fits Ghost versus Iron Man because Ghost was a corporate spy. So his his beef was more with Tony because this was in the days where the secret identity was still the secret identity. Mm-hmm. So Ghost was more of a Tony Stark problem that became an Iron Man problem, but still pretty much stayed straight on Tony Stark. Because hmm. Ghost was all about, he eventually became someone who wanted to destabilize corporations. He became, oh. that, he became a corporate terrorist. Okay. All right. So I for, so, don't know Ghost, honestly. Yeah, he, his, his power set was real simple because as most Iron Man villains were at the time, super tech-based, mm-hmm. had a suit that allowed him to walk through walls. Nice. So that was that was pretty much his whole his whole shtick was that I come into your your business and I steal your secrets and I sell them to the other guy. And that evolved into him becoming a paranoid, schizophrenic corporate terrorist. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Who became stuck as in his ghost form, too. He's actually stuck in his suit. I think it also came from him being paranoid. He stayed in the suit too long. Mm-hmm. That may have changed. They may have rewritten it by now. But when he was a member of Luke Cage's Thunderbolts, because Luke Cage had his own team of Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. Ghost was a part of it, and he was stuck in the suit. 
Well, all right. Cos, <laughs> what do you got in the honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. I had a couple. Um, <clears throat> one personally I like is the just the whole Dr. Doom and Reed Richards. Like, I just like the effect that Dr. Doom could, like, annihilate the whole Avengers and the whole Marvel Universe and sometimes Reed Richards appear and just shut down his whole system. <laughs> like, everything just come to a foil. And Reed didn't even do anything. He just literally just showed up and said, Doom, and everything goes away. So I kind of like that effect a little bit. So that's why I brought that up. So, But also to move along, what about Deadpool? Like, didn't he kill the entire Marvel Universe before? I mean, that was one of those uh, fourth wall breaking things where he he murdered the Marvel Universe, including the writers, artists, and staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was one of those things where uh, he, I, and I'm not sure the exact premise, but I believe he just became so self-aware that he, that he, he was like, okay, I'm a comic book. This makes no sense. So I can murder all of this. And just keep murdering until I get to up the chain until you yeah. get to the writer <laughs> until he gets to the to the writers and editors of the and of the Marvel that's universe. That's how you move it up the ladder in the corporate world. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so the, I mean, Deadpool, they build him originally as a Cable enemy, as we then learn that he's actually kind of buddies with Cable. Then they have a buddy book and yeah. all sorts of hijinks and so you. I mean, Deadpool well, is he the, went against Thanos as well. Deadpool has gone against everybody. Deadpool has also worked with everybody. So it's it, with him. It's like pick your poison. He is the he he is in the wild card. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah he is the wild card. He is the uh, Charlie Day of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Charlie! <laughs> exactly. God damn it, Charlie! All right, yeah. we could go down the weird rabbit hole for a long time, and maybe there's a whole episode in that, but. I believe we have arrived at the time we are for fly notes. Fly yeah, notes. It is fly, fly note notes. time. What, what you, you got, cuz? What you gonna do? All right, look. All right, check it out. Super Bowl Sunday, they dropped a little trailer for the WandaVision, the Falcon, and the Loki show. They did indeed. Did you see some of this? I did. Oh, man. What did you feel? WandaVision looks WandaVision, so amazing. Dude, WandaVision going to be off the So good. <laughs> so I, you I, think they're going to go into the House of M? Um, Cause I don't there's think speculations they... that the kids is going to be a part or a mention. Um, See, I don't. I think, I think this is an episode where they're going to really show her power capabilities so in the future, we can hear that no more mutant thing as well. Well, see, I don't think mm. you can do House of M until they firmly establish so, the X-Universe. In the, right. In, you can't, right. You, so can't do House, you can't do House of M until you've established M. Are yeah. there mutants yet? Yeah. All right. So there's a rumor that Rogue supposed to be in Marvel, Captain Marvel 2. Great. That would actually, if we are going to go with, with how Rogue Rogue's powers work and how she was the powerhouse in the 80s and 90s that we all love, then yeah, she has to pretty much mind wipe and and she has to destroy Captain Marvel. She has to Marvel. destroy Carol Danvers. That's how it works. Yep. So who hired her? Who the who found this? Well, out? if you if you, you go know. if you go by the original confrontation because it's an, it was an accident. Old anyway. school, eighties canon. Yeah, old school. It was an yeah. accident. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, led by Mystique at the time, mm-hmm. with Rogue as a member of the team, gets into it with Captain Marvel. 
Mystique tells Rogue, you know, take her powers. At this point, they, it was a temporary effect, but she also had never touched anyone this of this power level before. Because there were not a lot of people of that and power that, level and that, Right, there weren't that this time Marvel did not have a bunch of super high, high power people so running wait, around. So wait, wait, chill. You trying to tell me that Rogue took her powers and she skated? Yeah. Oh, Rogue took her powers and left her <clears throat> powerless, uh, memoryless. Basically, she she left her no, not memoryless, but she, she left, left her, her basically whoa, whoa, whoa. nothing. She left her in the blanks. Whoa, whoa. She left her a blank slate. Are they gonna put yeah. this in the movie? I doubt it. If anything, it should be as a cameo. I don't think they should. But what if they did? That is right that's still that's a game changer. Yeah. It would totally change change the trajectory the of one of the new favorite characters in the Marvel universe. That introduced the mutants, and then Rogue already said, I, "If if they're going to introduce the mutants that way, they're going to lose me." Flat Damn. out. Damn. If well, they're going to do it regardless in Black Panther 2 or something. You're gonna I, get something. I'm just saying, like, if 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 our first X-Men related sighting is Rogue sapping Captain Marvel's powers, I'm, I'm kind of... You is, don't know where it might go, so don't knock it till you try it. That is skipping a lot of important shit. Well, yeah, that's true, that's too. skipping a ton. All right, all right, so, all right. All right, all right what else so you got? So I feel like Leon gets off of a <laughs> little bit. All right, okay, 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 okay. What else you All got? right, so... What about the um, Falcon and? Um, oh, I mean, I'm, exci- I'm excited for all those shows. Yeah, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited for all the shows. I right. think I think everything is going to be uh, great. Everything looks great. I think they're taking time, preparation. They're tie- They they are tying everything into to the films. So I am fine with everything they're doing. Yeah, so far. And under Disney Plus, you're not getting an Inhumans. You're not getting an yeah. Iron Fist. They know what the people like. Okay. They know what the people yeah. like. All right. So um, there's a Harley Quinn movie. Which I've heard decent things about. I haven't seen it yet. I will I see it. I, I got to tell you, I uh, I just got a new dog. It's very exciting. Aww. And I am in this phase with the dog where everything is new to him. And if you drop a piece of hot food on the floor, he'll pick it up. It'll burn him. He'll drop it. He'll pick it up again. It'll burn him. He'll drop it. And that is how I feel about DC Cinematic Universe movies. And that is how I feel about Harley Quinn is, I'm excited about it. Oh, I want to okay, see it. Okay. And then I'm pretty sure I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, don't say that. I heard it was violent. I heard it was, uh, I haven't seen it yet. So I was just bringing it up because I heard it was similar to the animated um, feature. If you guys haven't seen that I have. Yet. I've seen that one. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I mean, but Bruce, any. Almost any time Bruce Tim touches a DC animated property, it's gonna be it's good. gonna be good. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't dropped a uh, a bad one yet. Okay. Bruce Tim hasn't anything. Any of the ones involving Bruce Tim have not been bad. So, so I haven't checked out the movie yet, but once I do, we'll get yeah, we'll get full. into it. Yeah, need to. Yeah, I, I think. And that, plus, we need to get into the Harley character character anyway. Yeah, we haven't really discussed Harley. So, hmm. so right. any other fly notes, man? Um, Jindy. What's his name? Yeah, he's going to be at the C2E2, legendary creator of uh, Dexter Laboratory, Samurai Jack, Primal. Well, sign me up. Yeah, Sign me up for that one. Yeah, for that I'd panel, like I'm that. there. Yeah, C2E2 is coming up soon this month, so you're going to um, catch us probably with some sound bites and just information. We're going to have a whole dedicated episode for the C2E2 yes, probably. the C2E2 episode. So, um, convention <laughs> convention experiences yeah, all around. Yeah, so... Um, that's happening. Jim Lee is going to be there as well. And that's about it. I think, uh, yeah. All right. So any shows coming up? Yeah. 
me and Taiwan performing at Bourbon on Division, also with since um, since nine six and AM early mornings, Ooh. and Cam B is going to be on the same bill. When is that? February twenty first, Bourbon on Division. Oh, real soon. Nine PM sharp. Right Ooh. on. Hey, I, I like seeing AM early morning perform. perform. Really? Yeah, I like seeing them perform. <laughs> and just between me and you and this podcast, I don't give a fuck. I'm about to burn this stage up, G. I have no cares for that. So yeah, I heard he's like on the level of Griselda. Like, you know, I just like seeing him ish. perform. Yeah. I like he, seeing him perform. Really? Yeah. He's dope. Okay, well The times won't. I've the times I've seen him, he has not yeah. disappointed. So. Oh, cool. That's dope. So yeah. all right. I can only account for the Four times. I've seen him four times. Okay. So of those four times, he's put on a solid show. All right. Well, All-Star Weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend oh, sure. um, is going to be in Chicago, Illinois. It hasn't been here in the past 18 years. So this will be the first um, All-Star game. Everything from the All-Star three-point shootouts, all that stuff. The entire weekend. be in Chicago here, entire weekend. They oh, have- Chance is doing a thing with that. Everyone doing the thing with no, that, man. But Ch- uh, Chance is headlining that. Yeah, so, you know, if you got the money, go ahead, enjoy it, you know? Yeah, it, it should it be is. a fun weekend. Yeah, so everything is going to be active here in Chicago, sort so of say. Um, Griselda going to be here on the 28th, I believe. Yep, at, uh, I forgot which theater that is. I'm sorry. We'll get back to it on the next episode, but Griselda going to be here. Oh, Farrell Munch at the 20th at the Promontory. And check this out. He's bringing Prince Poe and motherfucking OC. So the entire organized confusion is going to be on stage. And it's the 20th anniversary of Internal Affairs. So he's going to do that album. I know they're going to do some organized shit. And if OC walk out and don't do Time's Up. Right. Or let's organize. We're going to fight. Burn it so down. It's, 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 <laughs> that's what I'm geeked about. So that's it. All right. The irons and the niases. <laughs> <laughs> hey, OC Time's Up is one of the best rap songs. It's top five rap song. It is definitely up there. Definitely up there. Yo, man, straight I mean, up. I mean, you you know, well, that's a that one. That's a subject for another yeah, let's time. Let's get to another episode. For that one. <laughs> yeah. Take it to time. another episode, fellas. <laughs> okay. Cos well, versus Soul Star on the best songs that's ever. That's it. But that's all I got. That's all I got. All right. That brings <laughs> us to the end of this episode of the Fly Nerd Group. We have right. prepared for battle. Yeah. We are fully prepared. Well, all right. Well, we thank you very much for tuning in. As always, I am Coachy Soul Star with Cos G. And of course, I am Scott Free. And we thank you all for tuning in to the Fly Nerd Group. Peace, See you peace, next peace, time. Peace, 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 peace.